0: Hey, what's going on you guys? Welcome back to episode three. Feels good to be here in sunny Berlin in January. I get like four hours of sunlight. Oh, well, it's like not direct sunlight. Sometimes when I'm talking to people because I'm in sales, I see a lot of people from different countries. Sometimes they have like the sun shining on their face. And I ask them where they live. And when they tell me, I just bask in the name you know when they say like lisbon i just feel like the warmth of lisbon on my on my skin and i get transported right into the room with them but you know berlin's really not bad i actually don't mind um being inside and away from the sun in the winter i tend to be a bit of a hermit even though i'm in sales i tend to be a bit of a hermit at times and i really appreciate it i like having that balance of talking to tons and tons and tons of strangers, but then also being able to take a little bit of time for myself and hiding in the confines of my apartment. You know, if I didn't have a dog, I actually think I wouldn't leave my place. I mean, but that's only during the wintertime. In the summertime, I'm a bit more social. I'm just a creature of my environment sometimes. So, You know, I've been thinking a little bit recently about what kind of value I can bring to anyone that's listening to this podcast. And I think that we all have something to contribute to the world in one way or another. We're all experts at something. And, you know, one of the things that I think I'm an expert in, sorry if you hear my dog making noises in the background. Uh, One of the things that I think I'm an expert in is finding indirect routes to success and i've talked about it already in the past couple episodes so i don't want to you know reshare the same information but what i will say is that when you're embarking on a journey and you have an idea of where you want to go it's really important to keep an open mind of how you're going to get there and i think too often people get caught up in the details the day-to-day details And (laughs) you probably hear my dog drinking water in the background now. And um, I think that it has the ability to really screw with people because they try to map things out like way too detailed instead of just looking at the, the macro view of it. And if things don't go exactly the way that they're supposed to go, then, you know, people tend to, I guess, like question themselves and doubt whether or not what they were doing was the right decision without really even just giving it the time to naturally blossom into something beautiful. And like, if you can just take a longer term approach to how you deal with tough challenges and a shorter term approach into how you adopt healthy habits, you can have a really great life. So let's talk about this in a more in-depth way. So we have the challenges, which we want to look at over a longer period of time, and the habits that we want to look at in the shorter period of time. Um, on the note of challenges, so when we have something that's like staring us in the face, a lot of the time we want to see immediate progress in the outcome. and. That could look like, you know, measuring the number of followers that you have, or it could be something like looking at the number on the scale. But the problem with these approaches is that, first of all, like on a psychological level, if you continue to look at the number, and it causes some kind of emotional reaction, it could end up doing more harm than good. So. Let's say that you want to use the metric of followers. If you're just constantly looking to see who's following your stuff, and then adjusting your content based on what you think people are going to want to watch, or... You know what? I'm going to be the first to say, actually, let me just take a step back. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, because I don't have followers... I don't have followers on this podcast. I don't have followers on anything. So I'm just going to tell you, this is completely my assumption of what it could be like if that was one of the metrics that you care about. Um, I don't think people do that enough, you know, like they get started on a topic that they don't actually understand and then they just like cut it off. You know, I don't think that's like something that, you know, people pride themselves on, but I do. And honestly, I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about on this topic. So let me just take a step back. Uh, Looking at the number on the scale is something that I understand a lot better. So when you step on the scale in the morning to see if you've lost weight from the day before the week before, if you have, it'll make you feel really good. I've been there. I mean, if that's your goal and I've been there. I really do enjoy going um, on the days when I know that I've been consistent and stepping on the scale and saying, yep, that's exactly what I thought. I am a pound lighter than I was last week. That's a good feeling. But when you step on the scale on Monday morning and, you know, the number is like meh and then you step on the scale on Tuesday morning and the number's like even more, meh. It can create kind of like this unhealthy spiral where like you start to feel like you're not making progress on the scale. And because you're not making progress on the scale, you must be stagnating in other areas of your life. And that can have you just getting caught up in your thoughts where like you leave the bathroom that's where my scale is. You, I leave the bathroom and I'm in my head a little bit. I'm like, you know, I haven't been eating the best and I'm wondering, you know, how much of the the weight is because of the amount of salt that I had yesterday or like, you know, the food content itself. And it's just unhealthy. And beyond it being like psychologically unhealthy, it's also just counterproductive, right? Because once you can take a, a zoomed out view and just stop identifying with the number on the scale, but rather identifying with the mindset that creates long-term lasting change, it creates just like a better experience because you're just happier often. I'm happier often, I should say. I don't wanna tell you how, how you should feel. Um, but what I mean by that is like, and I, I still do it, but I've definitely become more conscious of it. It's like, if I look at the number on the scale, I recognize that it's not who I am. And, you know, with like very little effort, because I'm continuing down the same path, with just like a little bit of time, actually, not even effort, just time, it'll balance itself out. Um, So you should be looking more at, like, the inputs of your life. You know, like, when, when you're actually, like, addressing the reason that things aren't going the direction that you want when you're looking at a challenge, you just need to be honest with yourself and just ask, like, am I eating the kinds of food that someone that I, the kinds of food that someone like who I want to become or someone like I am aspiring to be would eat? And it sounds silly, but If your goal is to be in shape and you can't answer that question with the affirmative that you are eating foods that a person in shape would eat, even if you're like losing weight on the scale and you're looking good in the mirror because you're exercising, you know, and that's the reason that you're in a caloric deficit. If you just extrapolate that out like 10, 15, 20 years, you're not going to be in as good of shape or anywhere near it if something happens that prevents you from burning more calories. So like, if you get injured, but you're still eating, you know, 500 more calories than you would need on a day that you don't exercise, then over time, that's just like fat. And I say this because I want people to find something that they can do really well. Just one thing to prove to themselves that they're not losers. Because I think everyone deserves that. Just deserves to have one thing that comes easily to them. For me, the one thing that comes easily is quitting things cold turkey. And I find a lot of utility in that because I do tend to go a little bit overboard when I find something that I really like, whether it's like a new food that I have, I hadn't had before, like, here's a good example. And mean, this is kind of bizarre, but like when I, when I had eggplant for the first time, I hated it. I was a kid and I thought I'm never going to eat this again. But as I got older, I came across it more and more, not often, but, you know, sometimes going to a family member's house for dinner or going out to a restaurant. And uh, eventually I tried it again and I still didn't like it. But then I tried it again and it wasn't as bad. And I just kept doing that until it got to a point where I actually became obsessed with eating it. And the same happened with olives. I actually really dislike the taste of olives even more than eggplant because olives just have such a distinct taste. No matter what kind of food they're in, you can always pick them out. And I despise them. But eventually, I just started eating them. And... I actually love them now. Like I'll eat them out of the jar. I really love them. So I tend to, to overdo things when I develop an affinity towards it. Um, and that could be like, I mean, I can walk you through some phases in my life. But like going out and partying when I discovered the clubs in Berlin Running, the beginning of certain relationships. I mean, that's just to name a few things. And I overdo it. And I overdo it sometimes to the point where, like, I get sick of it because I've done it so much. Or I find myself getting addicted to it. Like, like eventually, smoking cigarettes. I actually did feel pretty compelled. And as I mentioned in the last episode, I felt compelled, but I never identified as somebody who was a smoker. And so I never felt like quitting was emotional. It was just like, it was tough, but it wasn't like something that I had to like have some kind of a logical debate about. It was quite straightforward, I would say. It's just like, if I can resist the urge to and it was mostly when i drank so it was like if i can just not drink i can avoid smoking cigarettes it was pretty that pretty much that simple and then not drinking as well that was a tough one because you know so many of my social activities were tied to drinking somehow i mean everyone's it's so common and that made it really tough for me because just like cigarettes i mean not in the same way, but I mean, it's kind of similar. Like when you habit stack, it's it's like if you cut out the foundation that the other habits are built off, you end up cutting those other habits away. So an example is like when you go out drinking, maybe you smoke a cigarette, maybe you stay out until, you know, 12 or 1am on a weeknight with your friends. So when you stop, you stop doing those things. But then hanging out with your friends becomes less frequent. So then you end up just being less social and there's just ramifications for doing this. And I think that's why alcohol is a tough thing to cut out because you really are cutting out other people when you cut out alcohol. So yeah, that that was pretty much my thought there. And you know, I think like if you can just find one thing that you're super good at, you can build some confidence in that area and then use that as a way of building confidence to try things that you might not be good at. And, you know, since summer of last year, and I've probably mentioned this now in both podcasts, uh, in both episodes, but if this is your first time listening, then this will be new information. But I stopped eating, first, I stopped eating meat because of a documentary I watched in January of uh sorry June of 2021 then I stopped drinking in August of 2020 oh sorry guys I, I'm I'm lying about the dates I still think it's 2022 <laughs> it's 2023 now so the dates are um yeah I mean I'll just give you, I have like the calendar in front of me. So, I stopped drinking, okay, sorry, it's not properly sorted by the duration, but anyway, I stopped eating meat seven months ago, I stopped drinking five months ago, I stopped eating sugar four months ago, and gluten as well, four months ago and dairy as well a month ago. So like, I don't bring this up to to flex on anybody, but these kinds of victories, for me, have given me the strength to try things that I might have not tried in the past. Because it's not my first time quitting sugar, for instance. I, I quit it in 2019, like January 2019, and I quit it for like, three years just about and there were a lot of gray areas at the time you know that's the one thing that you learn quickly about cold turkeying cold turkeying is that some habits have this like insidious nature to them where you'll say like i'm not gonna drink alcohol but then you might still have like a non-alcoholic beer and then you eventually find yourself in the same situations that you found yourself in when you weren't drink, uh, when you were drinking and like, because you're still putting yourself out there in, in a situation that you have like a learned behavior. And if other people around you are still drinking, then you end up just like feeling drunk by the end of the night, or you can end up feeling drunk by the end of the night. Um, So yeah, I mean, cold turkey to me is like the only, the only way to sustainably quit something because you really just put your foot down and say, I'm going to stop doing it in all forms, anything that's like related. That being said though, with drinking, like I still go out with my friends. Um, I haven't been as, as much, but I'll still go out and not drink and stay out pretty late with them and still have a really good time. So I'm trying to like keep the good things and keep the, the positive things, the things that actually give me something back in return and remove the things that are like not serving me. Um, so yeah, going back to like that idea of challenges in the long term. Again, it's really just about like these small little habits that you implement over a long period of time. That's how you tackle a challenge in the long term. But when you actually need to build these challenges, uh, sorry, when you need to build these habits, it's about the short term. So it's about you know looking at it every single day and building little tiny habits. I mean, this topic has been talked about so many times because James Clear's book is so good. Atomic Habits, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend. But the thing about like building habits is It's very difficult to build habits if you haven't built them before. It's kind of like learning a language. Um, If you haven't built habits before, you need to start off super small. And you might actually feel like an idiot when you first start building habits. Because like, you might ask yourself, if you make your bed every morning, you might ask yourself, What difference does it make if I make my bed? Like my mom's not coming to my apartment today, so why do I have to make my bed? And maybe you just kind of let it go. But there's a really good saying, how you do something is how you do everything. And you know, I'm not the most consistent when it comes to cleaning. (laughs) It's definitely not my strong suit but one thing I do every single day without fail is I make my bed and I do the dishes. And I just find that it, if nothing else for that entire day, cleaning gets done, no other cleaning gets done for that entire day, I'm still very satisfied that my bed is made when I go to sleep and that my dishes are clean. And I do the dishes in the morning, so I only really do them in the morning. So, like, I wake up at 6 o'clock, go into the kitchen, I get my water bottle. It's It's a liter. I fill it up. Then I unload the dishwasher, and then I reload it with the dirty stuff, and then I run it. And then I sit at my desk with my water, i finish finished the entire bottle of water and I have my to-do list, which I've probably, it's not a to-do list, it's a habit tracker, which I've definitely mentioned many times now. And I go through my, my habits. And, you know, if I look at my habits, I, I have these like printable habit trackers. If I look at them over time, it's very easy for me to see where my priorities were in a given month and to also have a better understanding of myself just in terms of like what habits resonate with me and and which habits don't because the habits don't stay the same on a monthly basis. You know, there are certain habits that I've had consistently for, uh, I think the longest habit I have is journaling. That's been since April, 2021. So I'm almost on two years of journaling every single day. And then, you know, some of the habits that were harder to adopt were meditation for sure. But I I think I've been consistent on my meditation now for like two months or three months. And then another um, habit that I have is waiting until 12 o'clock to check my phone and to check YouTube. And there are days that I don't wait, you know, the full amount of time, but they're they're not often. And there are certain days, you know, where, like, if I'm, to give, like, a good example, let's say that I'm on my way to the doctor's office and, I don't know, like, I need to check something. Uh, on my text messages. Sometimes they have like two-factor authentication on on certain apps. I use an app for the for the doctor's office called Doctolib, and it forces you to check your email so that you get the code. And that's just one example. There are plenty of other excuses that you can come up with for checking your phone early. But I I limit the amount of times that I look at my phone in the morning, and I don't have social media on my phone besides YouTube. So, like, I would say probably, I mean, this month has not been great so far. I would, in terms of checking my phone, you know, just like to be candid. I've checked my phone five times this month, and tomorrow is the 19th. I've checked it five times this month before 12 o'clock. And I've looked at YouTube seven times before 12 o'clock. And you know what happens? But like, I don't identify with with the habit. I identify with the kind of person who's consistent about their habits, consistent in the long term. Because, like, if I got sad every single time, that I looked at it and said, you know, if I, you know, if I, if I got sad because I, I, I thought like I'm not going to amount to the thing that I want to be, it would be very easy to stop doing it all because I'd say, okay, well, what's the point if I already messed up? But like, I don't see it like that. I see it very much as like, all right, you know, tomorrow will be better. And now, like in the moment, I'll also be better. I won't wait until tomorrow. So I'll put my phone away if that's something that I need to do. And I even have this like handy little phone jail. It's just like a little box that you put the phone in and then you press this lock button on it twice and then it locks until, you know, the timer runs out. And I find that that's pretty helpful because you know what I've learned? It's like sometimes you just have to kick your own ass. Like you just have to like parent yourself because there is like a little version, like a little kid version of you that's inside like in your soul and that little kid sometimes throws temper tantrums and like wants attention and like is sugar high and feels lazy and you know you're you're valid like all parts of you are valid even the parts of you that you don't like they all deserve your love and and respect and so sometimes you just got to look at like the little kid and say, hey, buddy, got to go to timeout because that's not that's not appropriate behavior. But you're not like just the same way that like when parents discipline kids, um, you know, normally, at least I don't want to speak for all parents, but like parents discipline the behavior, they're not putting the they're not putting down the kid there's a clear distinction between saying like what you did is unacceptable versus like you are unacceptable and that's kind of how like you have to treat yourself because I think a lot of people especially myself I mean I can definitely talk from my own from my own viewpoint I find it so easy to be hard on myself and to just like You know, not cut myself excuses. Like, cut myself some slack if once in a while I don't achieve something that I want to achieve. But I think it's a really delicate balance. Because there is a part of you that is going to want to rebel against authority. Okay, you know what? I need to stop saying you. Because I actually... I have zero listeners, so it really doesn't make sense to talk about someone that doesn't exist. But I will say, with myself, there is a part of myself that wants to rebel when I put my foot down and say, this is how things are going to be. Then there's a part of me that wants to fulfill the vision. And so you can't play favorites with either side. You just have to like give them both their space. So an example of this is like recently I've been having thoughts where, you know, like I'm on a a path right now where I'm trying to build something outside of my normal day job. And I love what I do for a living. But, you know, I have like my own dreams and stuff. You know, I have ideas that I want to see in reality. I want to realize them. And so it can get scary sometimes because I have the tendency to think very big ideas. And when I feel fear creeping up in its many forms, you know, sometimes it'll be like I'm in a bad mood in the morning, like I'm a little cranky or like my mind is racing or I won't feel like excited about something that I'm working on for a bit. And like in those moments, it's just so key to kind of just like give the little, the little kid version of yourself that still lies dormant deep inside and, and shows himself or herself when you're vulnerable, a hug and just say, Hey, Hey, little buddy. You're having a tough morning. I'm sorry. It must be scary because you know that things are a little bit different. But it's going to be okay because we're going together. I'm not leaving you. And that's the important thing, right? Like, that's the thing that we don't talk about enough, I think, as, like, a society. Like... (laughs) we need to treat ourselves the way that we want to be treated. You know, like a lot of people want, a lot of people are waiting for the perfect relationship to come along where they'll finally have a boyfriend or girlfriend that like sees them for who they are and treats them with respect. And it's beautiful when that happens, but like if you wait your entire life to find somebody who makes you feel that way, you rob yourself of the power of making yourself feel that way. It becomes externalized. You look for validation instead of like self actualization, and that's a really important distinction because it's it's nice when someone tells you that you're pretty or that you're funny or that you're smart, but like if you don't believe that about yourself then it's not gonna have any sustainable impact on you. You're not gonna feel more confident in the long run unless you actually admit, or you actually believe, I should say, you actually believe that you are the thing that you're being complimented for. So like the little kid version of you is just waiting, reacting to its environment And when things get scary, they behave like a little kid. You know, that's why it's very easy to find yourself sabotaging all the progress that you make. You know, whether it's like stuffing your face when you've been, in quotes, so good this week, only to find yourself completely off the wagon two weeks later. It's because, like, you need to kind of like treat yourself as a whole. And there are little, you know, there are disparate parts of you that have their own preferences and personalities. You know, like when you're in a good mood, you might just be like ready to go outside and explore and meet new people. But when you're in a bad mood, you might want to stay inside and not do anything. It's just part of life, right? And those are like different personalities that you have. It's like the different sides of yourself, if you will. So there's nothing wrong with it. And, um, you know, once in a while you just gotta give yourself a big hug and say it's gonna be okay. And not baby yourself to the point where every time things get hard, you give up. Because I think like, Something I do often is I'll, you know, metaphorically hug myself and say, "Hey man, I know you're scared. I know that this is like a big goal, but we're going to do this together. I'm not leaving you behind. And we're going to do this." And then I I keep doing the thing that's scaring me. You know, like I'm not if I if I have work that I want to get done on the weekend for my own personal stuff and I'm feeling kind of like scared about it. I don't use that as an excuse to then watch Netflix. I just keep working on the thing that's scaring me because then it sends a signal to that version of you, that little kid version, that they're safe and that you've kind of committed to this path. So there's really nothing that they can do. There's nothing that they have to do to get in the way. They've been seen. Just like little kids who, you know, are like in the backseat of the car, you know, joking around and like making loud noises and stuff. You know, they they understand that just because they don't want to go, you know, like me and my brother, we used to have to go to family members' houses um, when we were growing up. And, you know, sometimes you go to someone's house, like a great aunt or something, and there's nothing to do for a kid. And their place smells like mothballs. It's like the last place that a kid would want to be. And just because like kids throw a temper tantrum in the backseat doesn't mean that you stop the car and turn around and go home and bring them, you know, drop them off. They know that because they see it enough. And you just have to be like strict with yourself in the same kind of way and say, yeah, I know, I know it's not ideal, but we're still going to do it. And that's what I call kicking your own ass. So if there's any takeaway that you have from this episode, it should just be look at challenges in the long term and, you know, don't get too fixated on the numbers on the day-to-day. Because if you're consistent, you'll end up where you need to go anyway. And it'll be a lot less emotional if you're just focused on the inputs. And as far as like the actual inputs themselves, think about it in the short term, you know? Just, did I do it today? Don't think about tomorrow. Really, it doesn't matter. Because you can't predict tomorrow. And even if you could, it's like, whether you do it tomorrow is not going to help whether you do it today. I mean, I don't know. Maybe don't actually <laughs> examine examine the logic on that one because maybe it would actually motivate you. If you knew you were going to do it tomorrow to do it today. Or maybe you wouldn't, who knows? But the point is, it's outside of your control, so just focus on what you can control. And to take that even a step further cuz I kind of hate it when people say focus on what you can control. Like ask yourself, what do you want to control? Like what's something that you wish you could control? And then try to focus on that. It starts small. And once you feel like you can focus on that, then you can work your way up. The habit that really started everything for me, it's not on my habit sheet anymore, which is why I didn't say it was my longest standing habit. The habit that really started things for me was my drinking water in the morning habit. I wrote an article about it on my website, but it's pretty much the most important habit that I have because I wake up in the morning with my water. And if that was the only thing I did was drink that one liter of water within like 30 minutes of waking up, I would, I would probably feel satisfied. But it's, it's a really good foundational habit to build other habits off of because when you're hydrated, you tend to make better decisions. You tend to be less hungry. tends to just be easier to think and to meditate and to do other things like that. And it's also good for you. So with that, I'm going to let you guys go. Keep on doing what you're doing. And because you don't exist, since I don't have any followers or listeners, I hope that you guys are doing well. And remember, it's okay to admit that you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about because... I really have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about with a lot of stuff, and I try to only focus on the things that I've actually done and I've lived. Alright, peace guys.